My name is Fraser. My name is Mark. And we are the hosts of the Geekiest Show Alive. To the outside world, we're ordinary geeks. But in the fab international studios, we talk comics and find other geeks just like us. This is Geek of the Week. Welcome to Geek of the Week here on issue 22. I don't know about you, but I'm feeling 22. You're with 23. Your re- with your regular host, Fraser and Mark. I'm Fraser. I'm Mark. Hello. So, Mark, are you feeling 22 issues in then? <laughs> I, I really don't remember. Well, I kind of remember 22. 22 was, 22 was when I was young and nubile and attractive. And, um, that's a long time ago. <laughs> I wasn't asking you about your age. I was just—I uh, uh, was like, "Have you felt like it's been twenty-two issues?" <laughs> it kind of sure. feels like we've been doing it five minutes, but it also feels like we've been doing it forever. forever yeah. I, I, it's, it's I weird... love doing this show, so it's kind of kind of a contradiction. It's become one of them where it's yeah, it's become like a regular thing, and it's sort of it's nice, you know. It's a nice comfort. We've lasted a lot know. longer than some comic book runs. Oh, I thought, yeah, yeah. For sure, I thought you were going to say longer than you thought we would. <laughs> no, no. I want to. I want to. Like, I want to go on forever and ever and ever and ever. You like, wanna, I want to be fifty, at least fifty. You want to be by like, the time we finish. Yeah, you want to be like the big characters like Spider Man and stuff like that. Where you think you think it's died for a bit, but then it comes back again. <laughs> we were, I want more issues than Detective Comics. <laughs> And then there's, oh, they're coming up to a thousand. <laughs> I know. That's that's the goal. Yeah. What about action? Action have gone well over a thousand. They're there quite, you go. They're quite deep in. And we could just, so we could do reboots and all that, and that's we could uh, reset the universe. Oh, don't. <laughs> universe resets suck. Mark could be Mark could turn into I don't know something new. I could I could be something. Uh, I could disappear and then fade back in. No, and don't. Be like, oh my goodness, Fraser's back again, and now it's another crisis or something. Uh. <laughs> Crises. <laughs> but we've got a jam-packed show for you uh, this week. It is, it's the Feeling 22 uh, issues. We've got a Captain Marvel came out, so we're going to be talking a lot about that. We've got some cool comics on Polar Pass. We've got Trade-Off again. We're going with uh, International Women's Month. And we've also got a cool guest geek. We've got a cool little interview that we're going to, uh, we're going to talk about a bit later. But let's get this show on the road with the news. So, you know the sounds of J. Jonah Jameson, it's time for the news on Geek of the Week. Now, we've collected a load of news that we're going to save for next week because, don't know if you know this, but a big Marvel film came out named Captain Marvel and we're going to spend the whole news section, just because we know we're going to have a lengthy conversation about this, we're going to spend the whole news section talking about Captain Marvel, so it's... Not really news, it's more of a Captain Marvel review. It's more review than news. Yeah. The news is that Captain Marvel is out. That's your news. Now we're going to go into the review section. (laughs) We might talk about some news related to the film coming out as well, but that will be in our review as well. (laughs) Well, before we start... Reviews, news. Reviews. Wow. That's that's not a word. We'll never use that word Well, all words are made up, so it could be a word. If enough people use it... Only you will ever use it. Revenues! <laughs> Carry on. Wow. Before we start, um, we did go to the midnight launch on the Thursday, but unfortunately, we don't really like acknowledging this, but we record the show on Thursday morning, yeah. and it's broadcast on Saturday morning. 
So we, we we did go to the midnight launch, like the massive geeks we are. Yeah. But unfortunately, the review wasn't on last week's show. So it's been like over a week since we first yeah, exactly. saw we've this. Get, we've given people time to uh, sort of watch the film. That's what it is. It's, it's, it. it's so not that, that it's inconvenient. It's that we're deliberately avoiding yeah, exactly. spoilers for it's, our listeners. Exactly. That's exactly what we planned. That's so how we, we planned it. So we know now that if you're listening, you've probably seen it. Yeah. Or you're not too bothered about spoilers because... Uh, Fair warning. That is a beautiful blag. Next There's time gonna... we won't say <laughs> exactly. anything and pretend that's the real reason. <laughs> See, this is when like uh, Avengers Endgame will come out on it. I mean, they always sort of come out the Thursday midnight, but this is when Avengers Endgame will come out on a Tuesday and it's like, oh, we can't really use that blag. <laughs> no. But then we'll be super on time for it. Exactly. So it'll, be, it'll be ideal. I mean, no. the next one's Arshazam and Hellboy. But we're are we going to do midnight about... launches for them as well? I mean, because I do. I, right, I, yeah. I had a great time in the midnight launch. It felt naughty being in the Trafford Centre at like twelve o'clock at night with like <laughs> pretty much no one else other than geeks holding Captain Marvel yeah, posters. If, you, if you've never been to the Trafford Centre, it's like this giant shopping centre. It's very much like it takes its influence from I think the Titanic, but also has all this random. It's like it would fit perfectly in Vegas. It is pretty Las but Vegas. But when you style. come out, you are like abandoned, so it's more like fallout in Las Vegas yeah. <laughs> I've always said that if you go to the cinema late in a shopping centre when you come out it's like being in a zombie film exactly and uh, it just makes I it felt a like little a zomb- bit better I felt like a zombie as well because you know it's it's a late night and we had do you know I didn't we were, go to bed much we later up, than I normally do because we were up early recording the show so that, so uh, it's it true, true it was a uh, long day but enough about that let's talk about Captain Marvel so yeah like I say there will be some spoilers so if you're watching this on YouTube probably avoid this video until next time if you're listening live apologies you're just going to have to skip forward go, a bit there's ah, some music ah, in a bit ah, until you hear music and then you go ah I'm safe again <laughs> if you're listening live switch to channel 3 on Fab Radio for like a quarter of an hour or so and then oh, flip no, back st- no stay on us but just go ah 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 or, or mute wow. that is also an option don't, don't mute us <laughs> I wish I could mute yeah, you. Yeah, but don't sometimes. play someone else. I can mute you. I've got the power. I know you it's can. Very dangerous. Right, we should probably talk about this uh, we film because we've digressed quite a bit. We Tangent have. tornado. Tangent tornado. Really. That's your fault. <laughs> so, what were your thoughts of the film? Just want to point out, actually, before we do that, the, the, <laughs> the bit of news. This has broke the March opening weekend box office, so it beat Batman v Superman. So, go Captain Marvel. Go you. That's Sorry. brilliant. Then, I'm glad it's done well as well because there was a lot of. Um, yeah, we were let's let's go rot- with toxicness. Yeah, we were talking about Rotten Tomatoes. Or yeah, rot- the rotten toxicness. You know, toxic Rev- reviewing tomatoes. stuff before they'd seen it, kind of stuff, yeah. which is really, really co- there's, bad. There's um, there's a term for them. It's called bad acting, but it's not. I thought it was like, oh, what? They're just terrible actors who are angry that someone else has got the role. No, it's people who act like everything's bad. Uh, there's actually a term for them. Well, Marcus. that's because there's so many of them these days. No, it's annoying, isn't it? I'm but, closer to that than you are, but I, I'm yeah, generally yeah. <laughs> a pretty optimistic guy. I know, compared to them, anyone is. Compared to Thanks. them, <laughs> compared to them, Theresa May's optimistic. So, yeah, none of that on this show. No. So, I'm very, very glad that it's... Not, not only uh, has it done well, it's reviews have got better and it's doing quite yeah, well with like decent scores and stuff now, it, yeah. yeah. But for me, what I loved about it, it was... You always knew it was going to be an origin story for Captain Marvel. Yes. But I love how it's also Nick Fury's origin yeah, story exactly. as well. And Agent Coulson as well. Like yeah. His first few couple of days. Yeah, Agent that... Coulson was great in it. He was just like this rookie. Yeah. And when, that... you, when you watch Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., he's such a badass. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, he's, he's 
he's not here. <laughs> no, he's, he's he's a guy. He's just learning, and it's. Pre- I just loved as a, as prequels go. Sometimes they're just shameless cashins, whereas this seemed or really being thoughtful. Like, hey, hey, wink, wink, you know this, but now it's this earlier, or this is... Yeah, it just... This it didn't feel like a shameful cashin. It didn't feel like it was... Yeah, they didn't bring it to the 90s just to be like, oh, we can do all these origins. There was a reason why Captain Marvel was set in the 90s, and mm. it worked for her character, and it worked for like her relationships with Nick Fury, and leading on to the future films like Endgame. And like you've already built that relationship. Because I love the relationship building between like we say Nick Fury and Agent Coulson at the beginning you know we got that sort of like it reminded me watching um, Men in Black and sort of obviously Pulp Fiction that sort of relationship between the two like yeah. sort of like oh we're working the same thing you're a rookie here but I'm going to help you lead into their way and then it became even more of a buddy comedy uh, buddy well yeah sort of comedy Marvel films always kind of funny with um, Captain Marvel and Nick Fury I liked their dynamic and it it makes sense that they um that they would have that pager and that if, you know, Nick was ever in a lot of trouble, he would just call. It wasn't just some random, oh, yeah, this is this alien um, chick I had from a while back. I knew her from a while back, so I'm just going to page her now. It was like, no, I know how important she is to the universe mm. and this is a serious... And the fact that it was, what? So if that was set in the 90s and the and uh, Endgame is set roughly now, you know, that's... That's 20... A, that's a chunk of time. Yeah, it's 20-something years. And a... I think that it emphasises how important the the snapping, which I don't like that term, but how important that is. That's and not how an official Im- term, too, fair. No, and mm. how important... The And how powerful Captain Marvel is. It all just links so beautifully. Wow. And it could have just been another one of those, oh, let's, let's, let's kind of like... Kind of like shoehorn it in prequels, and it really didn't feel like that. Yeah, no, I really enjoyed that. And like, again, speaking about the sort of time period it was based in, you know, sort of like the nineties. You got the very ninety nostalgia um, feel, like the dial-up internet, for example. Yeah, was a bit there. Well, I mean, you were you were very young in the nineties, weren't you? You you were like five or six. What what, what year were you born? Uh, what year was I born? Ninety-six. You were born in ninety-six. Okay, so you only really remember very very kind of like childish snippets of yeah. the 90s whereas for me that was when I was at school when I was at uh, when I was at university and they've got it they've got the 90s it. down to the T it's brilliant and it's 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 superheroes and nostalgia and I love both of those things yeah yeah it was got like it was gold and there was also she landed in a blockbuster just want to bring in it to the news it's not really comic book related news but um, the last blockbuster in Australia closed down, so that's a bit... Of- yeah, <laughs> so there's the only one. Le- there's only one left in Canada, so if you want a tribute to Blockbuster, go out and watch this film. Yeah, that, the, the fact that it started in a blockbuster, I was like, how very 90s. How very As a kid, the, it was such a treat to go to Blockbusters. That was like the best Saturday ever. Go to the Blockbusters, pick a video. Oh, and and an alien from uh, might land in you. <laughs> Unfortunately well, for me, that with, never happened. A human with alien DNA might just land in your blockbuster. There, there, there was no human with alien DNA oh. in Blockbuster in Wolverhampton, as far as I know. As far as you know, I don't know. Mm, I think an alien could get away with infiltrating in uh, Wolverhampton. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> Sorry, that was a bit harsh. 
But I also want to talk. Mm, do we want to go into spoilers yet? Have you got any non-spoiler thoughts that you? The want soundtrack's to go brilliant. Oh, the soundtrack's yeah, brilliant. The yeah, oh, I just love. I mean, again, because it's my youth, because like, my teenage years were the nineties. I was a child in the eighties, and my teenage years were the nineties. Oh, the soundtrack is great. I remember dancing to stuff like this in the students' union. It was wonderful. Every song they played, I was like, I love this song. I love this song. I Brilliant. Being in diapers in this joke, isn't it? Diapers? Do you mean nappies? Nappies. You're oh, a British American. show, Fraser. I know, I am British, but I'm also... I'm British and American now. No. I spent you... too much time there. They've infiltrated, and it's almost like I'm a scroll. You and are and an American scroll. Their species is taken into me now. It's, I don't oh, want. I don't want you to be taken got, over by a scroll. Oh, like Captain, like Captain Marvel gets some of the Cree DNA. I've got some American just seeping in now. So I'm like, yeah, oh no, seems... it just creeps out. Every... That is a beautiful metaphor. Every. <laughs> Do you know, I wish we were clever enough to have played for that gag, but that's that was just organic. Yeah. That's me. We're, genu- we're, we're genuinely not clever enough to no, play for a gag really, like that. We're really, really not. So, yeah, we're going into spoilers now. So, like I said, fingers in ears. Or uh, you can pause the video or do whatever you want. And then just go out, watch Captain Marvel, and come back Yeah, in. yeah, watch Captain Marvel. It's brilliant. There's your biggest spoiler. It's bloody brilliant. It is, yeah. Should we, well, yeah, final thoughts are, it's great. Go yeah, watch it. The reviews it. are right. It's top. Now, I've got this in, like, bold and exclamation marks. The cat. I knew it. <laughs> You did predict I knew it. it. I mean, go go back on all of our social media. Fraser has pre- did pre- did indeed predict that it was the kitty that would take <laughs> that would Nick take Nick Fury's eye. Well done. It's just a shame there was no self. You, you can have so a self high five. Yay! For that. Do it. Excellent. You deserve that. The annoying thing is because the mics are so low down. That was more of a clap than a self high five. So I'm going to do a really high one. There we yeah, go. But you can't hear that as much. Cause that, stop milking it. But yeah. Stop milking it. it. I w- just wish we put it on air, this, uh, um, that bet button. Thank you for giving me that. Yeah, the cat. That I wasn't, loved the cat's character That wasn't a scroll, well. but also wasn't just the cat, like no. our poll uh, suggested. It was an... <laughs> <laughs> the scene where it just bursts out. His face exploded into like tentacles. It was brilliant. I was like what? I was like, okay. And then I was, I was going to ask you. It's like your cat doesn't do that, does my, it? My cat does not do that. My cat's not been very well. Maybe so. it's because it's been doing that. And it's, it's no, <laughs> she's she's she had to go in for a scan, and she's got like a shaved belly. Oh, wait, and she a looks cat weird. Scan. You should know. What, what's that? What's that? <laughs> pregnant woman scan? Ultrasound. Ultrasound. Yeah, she's she's um. She's she's all right now, but last week was just awful with an ill cat. So the, the um the, that cat so cheered the me cat, up. Yeah, yeah. The cat I, up. I just love cats, Fraser. <laughs> cats that, are man. the best. I'm surprised this isn't your favourite Marvel movie for the cat alone. Well, for... in all honesty, I was expecting to the cat love the, the cat more than well. anything. The cats and nineties. I mean, it's brilliant. Or you? I want. What, what was the cat's name? Uh, moose. Moose. No, goose. 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 I want Goose to be in Endgame. <laughs> well, we need... That would right. be if she We need everybody. Yeah. We need everybody. Not included. We, we, we've got a raccoon. Why can't we have a cat? Yeah, bring out the duck along as well. If they made yeah, it. yeah, let's get Howard That's in there. That's what I mean, if they made the snapping in as well. I wonder if... Yeah. Howard, oh, goose is Howard got, dead? Goose has got to have made it. 
That's what well, I'm hoping. It depends. If it's a, if it's cat ages, it would unfortunately be dead because uh, yeah, no would. cat lives no. beyond about 22, 23, But 24. there's a bit of it, yeah. Whereas if it's like alien ages, then it could still be around and mm. therefore Fingers could, could could be like could be the the, the the final weapon against Thanos. <laughs> just throw a cat. Just scratch. <laughs> doesn't even do the take powers, his eye. Doesn't even do the powers that he usually has. Yeah, just scratch out his eye. If he can't see, he can't snap. Well, no, yeah, he can snap his fingers. He can. can close your eyes. Maybe the cat, yeah. <laughs> when Thanos always goes, you should have gone for the head. Like, fine, throw the cat in his Yeah, head. throw ah, the cat in his no. head. And then as it goes to snap, then someone else could go there. I'll throw the cat in his hand. I'm sorry, but if you've ever had a cat on you, you know you can't really do much when it's on Like, when it's cl- clawing on you, like, ah, what you, ah, no. Yeah. You just lose sense of... I've still got holes in my chest oh. from trying to put my cat in the cat basket. Oh. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Not a fan. But what else should we talk about? Spoilery. Well, well the, the uh, cast, the, the, the actors yeah. were all brilliant. The, the, the performances were brilliant. And um, there's a real skill to, you know, uh, Samuel L. Jackson's knocking 60, I think. Oh, and looking and playing, that young. Well, yeah, but that, that, that's makeup, which is brilliant. CGI but, uh, as well. But behaving young. Yeah. That's he's real acting. at heart, though. No, that's what I mean, though. He's, yeah. he's done really well at acting like a younger version of a character really he's played for a long time and Brie Larson was phenomenally good it's the the, the cast were great and I felt like everybody fit their role brilliantly and the the people playing younger versions of what they've already played did really well it's just it just it's yeah it's, it's making de- it's making depth to your character and that is a great uh, actor skill because it is like especially with Nick Fury because he's been playing that role for so long and he's also been put like recently been playing it twice but at two different ages because he's i don't know how close captain marvel and far from home were filming wise but he was playing nick fury t- he's gonna be nick fury potentially three times this year if he comes mm. back from the snapping in maybe not oh no no but, we, 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 we need nick fury but back he, but he, i love like, him he's playing a young version of himself here and then he's playing you know nick fury you know regular age. oh and then he's in Usual far from home far as well isn't he exactly so yeah. them two were close so close together like that shift like you're still being that character but d- nick fury aged rapidly through those couple of yeah, months he's yeah. gonna have to go front wait let me take all this makeup off yep now i'm uh old nick fury again or you know but you know samuel l jackson age. is He's he's in so many cool things. He's played so many cool characters, and that's because he's an incredible actor. And he doing this just proves further that he deserves every accolade he has. And he's just he's just the coolest. I want to meet him. I want to be friends Have with Samuel L. Jackson. Oh, some of the interviews. I, I, I want. I, I want to be like one percent as cool as Samuel you, L. Jackson. You just wanted to say. <laughs> you just want. Do you want him to call you um, uh, a mo? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I want him to call me that. Yes, <laughs> I do. Yes, I do. So what I wanted to talk about was just to sort of. I've made like I've actually made a list because I knew how poor my memory was. So I sort of done like a rundown in order. Obviously, I couldn't do it in the midnight screening because I was just like, oh my goodness, this is amazing. And then I couldn't do it the day after because I was still just like, I can't get over how good it was. So I did mm. spend a, a while and just sort of like tried to run it down by um, when they appeared. That Stanley tribute we talked about a couple of oh, weeks ago that they said they were going to do. My feeling was beautiful. So they did the whole, they did the Marvel typical logo, but it was all his cameos, and oh, it just shows the impact gorgeous. he's had. And of the- course, in Marvel, 
but in the films as well. I, 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 I thought I, might, I, I was very close to crying and I looked across at you. If you were crying, I would have been okay to cry, but you weren't, so I didn't. Oh, mate, I was But, so but I was pretty close. <laughs> I think it was the tiredness that was like, okay, I'm not going to cry. Like, oh, yeah. I also didn't want to cry because we, <laughs> we were with someone else as well and I was like, yeah, yeah we were giddy. That's true. And I was like, I oh, know, I've got to maintain some kind of... <clears throat> and I was yeah, like, yep, that was... we went with our mate Gilly, who's a lot tougher than yeah. we are. I'm... So he, I'm sure he wasn't like broken up and I'm dying sure inside, I'd... going. Oh! I'd definitely watch it. If I definitely watch it again, I'm like, yeah, no, on my own, I'm like balling. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it was beautiful. It was really beautiful. And his um, his cameo was beautiful because it was only mm. a small cameo. You know, he's in the bus. Is it? Is it the last one? He's no, no, no. He's filmed a few more. I think. Right. I think what would be really poetic a lot. I think it might be Far From Home, might be the last trailer, and obviously he's known very well for Spider-Man and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, so that might be his last one, but this one was very touching because he was reading a script for a film that he carried out in the 90s called More Rats, who, which was directed by Kevin Smith. Who, yeah, that was Who nice. had such a beautiful friendship with Stan Lee. Kevin Smith himself has talked about, before he even did his review, he talked about the cameo. He knew for a while and had to keep it closed up, but he knew... Uh, it was when Stan passed, Kevin Feige reached out to him and talked to him about this and stuff like that. And he was like, oh, do you have any extra takes from... Because when Stan filmed the cameo, it was w- one of his sicker days. So they were wondering if he had any spare takes and stuff like that. He went, mm. I don't, but reach out to Universal and stuff like that. But it's just a beautiful moment. And, like, Kevin Smith, I can't remember in the video if he, like, he does well up a bit. And I don't blame him. If something like this was to happen, I'd be all tears everywhere but like an acknowledgement of his work because he always talks about how he feels like he's an outsider looking in or like he's always sort of like yeah I've made films and stuff like that but not like these Marvel films and stuff like that he's always you know at first he's someone who reviews he's culty he's not mainstream yeah exactly and like he was saying like them inviting me in was you know, a beautiful touch. And Morats mm. is a great film because it's so Morats comic is a great film. And it's so comic booky and Stan has that beautiful speech that he has to Brody at the end and it's, oh, it's just pure, pure gold. But it was nice to see that. And, yeah, just, it's, these Stan cameos as well, the ones we've had, like, since his passing have all been beautiful because they've all, them. they've all respect, um, sort of acknowledged Stan in his life more so than his usual ones. Like, we had the one in uh, Into the Spider-Verse where it's like, um, he was because you know he was in the shop selling and he was talking about Spider-Man, but and his death and stuff like that and what he meant to the people. Mm. But that could so be in, easily interpreted to what yeah, Stan and, was. And I loved all the daft ones. You know, I loved it when he was a watcher. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and I loved all the daft ones. But it just seems that they've landed so right with the really sensitive, touching ones, as as around his illness and then. Then his his death. It's exactly yeah. Beautiful. Managed, it's um yeah. The, like we say, they've been really touching and stuff like that. And it's I know it's 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 sad to think, but it just again it shows. We said this when we talked about his passing on on the air. His presence oh. will be forever felt. And absolutely, yeah. Just a, a excellent touch by the film. I thought so. And I thought so. A beautiful moment for Kevin Smith. He was again <coughs> him and Stan. Just watch some videos between them two. It's such, it's so cute to see, and I kind of wanted to wish I could see like a documentary of just them two. Like I could watch them two for hours, or if someone made a film about just their two friendship, because mm. it is, you know, Kevin was a fan, he was a geek like all of us, and he got to imagine making a film and being like, "Hey, Stan, do you want to be in it?" And like, oh, yeah, exactly. 
So, so cute. So, right, let's go back to talking about the So, film. I want to talk about the Skrulls. Because obviously, um, everyone's expecting Skrulls, they're going to be the villains. Obviously. And they start off as the villains, you know? We sort of see them. They're attacking Nick Fury. They're attacking Captain Marvel and stuff like that. And we go, okay. But then they sort of do a twist on it. It's like, yeah, no, actually, it was, the Skrulls are, I didn't expect that. are victims. And I was like, I liked that. Because it was... Mm, um, it was good. And they could have done, like, like... They sort of did, like, a social commentary and sort of just, like... Um, on like refugees and stuff like that yeah. like they're just looking for a place to stay but it wasn't too much like not forced do you know what I mean it, no, like, it was works clever. well with the story and just like they're just trying to find somewhere to be safe and some twists are twists for twists sake yeah whereas that felt like oh wow and then suddenly yeah I, I, I was I thought it was really sensitively done I thought it was it, it showed that you know when people are desperate they will do stuff that they're not comfortable with morally yeah. and i thought it was done so well and it, it it kind of emphasized their desperation that they were prepared to to kill and just to just to survive as well yeah exactly and it was it was really well done really I, really well done yeah i think what also helped with the whole like feeling like they were villains was ben mendo played the lead scroll and he is notoriously known for being a villain. Orson Krennic, you know, in Rogue mm. One. He was recently the bad guy in Ready Player One. You know, it's just sort of like, you saw Ben Mendo getting cast, Ben Mendelsohn, and you're like, yeah, Skrull's going to be the villains. Um, and I, liked, I suspect that was deliberate as well. I the reveal, like, they revealed it early on that he was a Skrull because he was talking to the body, the Skrull body, and he was like, don't worry, da-da-da. But then, yeah, it was a turn, and he was a he was a, like in Skrull form for much longer than I thought because yeah. he was a big actor, So and usually these actors don't play ego but usually want to show their face but fair play to me he was under mm. that scroll makeup for a long time and i think it also sets up in this that okay some scrolls could be on earth but we're not going to get a whole sort of force like oh we're going to change the entire universe where these people were scrolls or these people were it's just like no no it was just it was a one-off thing we could use it again but if yeah, we use it and again, I think it's not likely going to be a whole scroll invasion it's more going to be like oh these people are that's the thing isn't it we um people who are really into the comics expected an invasion because that's what happened in the comics. Yeah. And it it turned everything on its head, which I think is great. I don't want to go into comic book films with exact replicas of what yeah. I've read in the comics. I don't want to know what's coming. And the fact that I was expecting the Skrulls to be the bad guys, I was, expecting, I was thinking, is this going to go past Endgame and there's going to be people that are Skrulls? Yeah. That, and that, was the thing. that turned it completely on its head. And I was like... Well played. Well you, played, it, it sir. Gives you, it gives you, <laughs> gives you a bit of sense of relief as well. It's just like, okay. Yeah, because so if I Rocket's can, a scroll, I'll be oh vexed. Oh, my goodness. Mate, could I don't you, want Rocket to be a scroll. I'll be well vexed. Imagine if someone like Ned was a scroll. Oh, Black Panther could be a scroll. Oh, he's dead. Is Spider-Man a scroll? Oh, no, he can't. He's dead. No, they can be. Like, it's half of the... He's a dead scroll. the population, so the scrolls... So Spider-Man's a dead scroll. Half of the scrolls are gone as well. Yeah, that's true. Spider-Man the scroll is what? dead, Fraser. Leave it, mate. <laughs> so, um, the actual villains of the piece, uh, the Kree... Now, to be fair, there were... How good was Jude Law? What a baddie he was. And you don't expect it, really, because, again, he usually plays exactly. the heroes... So, again, another nice twist on it. But I also liked... Um, we also talked about this earlier on the show. I know so, um, semi-predicted, but also listening to um, the YouTuber Mr. Sunday Movies, he sort of helped me more predict that the Kree might have been evil anyway because the Kree, the members of the Kree, Ronan especially, 
have all play, been uh, villains in Captain Marvel's like Rose Gallery. So there was hints and nudges there towards that maybe the Kree weren't going to be so clean cut. But for me, it sort of seemed more like this war was just going to, you know, stick Captain Marvel in the middle and she sort of had to stop the war at both ends and maybe fight against both. We didn't get that. I also thought um, I liked the way they went with it, though. I also, even halfway through the film, I thought, okay, maybe the Kree are okay because they made it seem that Ronan was the bad, like, you know, the true bad one who was yeah. separating the Kree and causing a bit of a rift there. So it was going to be some people, some of the Kree would side with Captain Marvel and the schools and go against Ronan, and some of the Kree would be corrupted by Cronin. Turns out they were all corrupted by Cronin. Yep. So it still, it still worked out very nice in that respect. And Jude Law, yeah, uh, we thought it was going to be Marvel, but he actually ended up being Yomrog, which is kind of... Kind of cool. It's like, oh, okay, mm. I see that. And the Captain Mar- the Marvel twist in the end, where they gender bended um, the character, I thought that was a beautiful touch. Yeah, yeah. Now, obviously, it's going to get hate because of the people, the toxic people we talked about before. Eh. It's like, why are you making him a woman? But I thought it was brilliant because yep. she played the supreme intelligence and the way they touched on the supreme intelligence and this was really cool because it wasn't some disgust disgu- sorry it wasn't some alien don't want to offend any alien listeners out there who <laughs> who may have found a sound wave that's this right. but usually as an alien and stuff like that but the way they did it it's it appears as someone who's inspires you so it's sort of like it's that thing in harry potter you know the the mirror where you see what you want and i yeah. always like that interpretation because it makes it more personal for each individual character and sort of adds to their story yeah i thought it was and cleverly the done that carl danvers kept seeing this supreme intelligence as this woman we're like who is this woman yeah and when it is marvel you're like oh that is very good yeah touche I, so. I felt this i mean in conclusion for me i we've, we've sat there and gushed and said love it love it love it i really struggled to find anything bad about it I, I mean i could whinge that she had a man montage and then was super powerful but that's fine it's set in the 90s and 90s films had, had montages. montages so that's even fine i just felt like it was a brilliant balance of action humor character dialogue and backstory that worked i i always try and balance it but I, all i can find is gush about this film the thanos, thing, the thanos balance with the pen yeah exactly i'm much more balanced than you you gush whereas i've become you i've gushed about this film and i've got nothing bad to say about it well that's great to hear <laughs> should we finish off then with the two post credit scenes because these were both epic we should talk about actually no we can talk about that when we talk about the second post credit should we talk about the second post credit scene first all right then because it's the <laughs> so it's the always the same I one. laughed. They did they did this with Ant Man and the Wasp. They had you know the big serious sort of like hint to end game one, and then they had the funny one where the ant was playing the drums. And I think we turned and you were like, "Is there going to be a second one?" I was like, "I think." And this is our second happy prediction about the cat. I went, I think it's going to be the cat, and the cat rolls up. Bleh. And pukes out the tesseract, which was we'll talk about the tesseract after we get your thoughts on just a cat puking tesseract. Yeah, and the thing is, I I, I own a cat. That is exactly how cats puke. (laughs) So so the CGI cat puked perfectly. I I don't know whether they should be proud of that or not, but it was uh, it was funny. An applause for the cat. (laughs) Yeah, I did like the cat. I want I want more cat. I want cat in Endgame. (laughs) Cat in Endgame. Get that hashtag going. But yeah, the Tesseract made an appearance, and it's 
That was a big, ooh, hello. Because obviously, you know, it becomes a space tone and now we're yeah. seeing it in Infinity War. And I was like, oh, okay. And um, yeah, the Mr. Sunday Movies on YouTube has done like a timeline of the uh, Tesseract. And it's gone here though. Because at first, halfway through the film, I was trying to work out in my head. I was like, wait a second. They shouldn't have the Tesseract because it's... And then I was trying to work out actually where it was, you know, in relation with the timeline. I was like, could that work? Could that work? And then when I saw this video, I was like... Okay, it can work because how the start gets the tesseract, Kitty. and then they get the tesseract for a bit, and then it gets puked up. And the kitty and, had the tesseract so, in yeah, him. And sort of Nick Fury, I feel like doesn't want to. A Nick Fury's relationship with the cat was beautiful. Yeah, it that was. was amazing, which made the betrayal even more heartbreaking. But what I love about this is, and why it's probably you know they can get away with this when he doesn't talk about it in the future, is because it is kind of embarrassing for Nick Fury. I lost my eye to a cat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it is true. It was someone he trusted. He trusted that cat a lot. He did he even trust said, the cat. I trust you, cat. It wasn't in those exact words. But yeah. I heard it and I was like, I turned, I turned to you and go, Yeah, you did. Like, e- 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 I'm telling you, it's happening. And Your you prediction at, you came true. You looked at me true. like I was a fool. You're like, oh, stop it, didn't. forcing it now. I didn't. At that point, I was like, oh, you might be right. Might be right. I'll never hear the last of it if he's right. <laughs> You own every week. I'll start the show as I was right about the cat, and then people <laughs> who don't listen to me be like, "What is he on about?" <laughs> Some people who just blanked out any time and talked about cats in Marvel were just like, "What is he on about this cat for?" Cat. But yeah, so like the Tesseract, you know, it goes back. It goes yes, yeah, so and Nick Fury sort of just ignores, sort of won't really bring up the t- topic of the cat, which no. makes sense. And also, like we say in the. Marvel present like from Iron Man onwards that cat might have passed away so he might be upset and not want to talk about the cat he might oh so. kitty now let's talk about the first post credit scene because it was, was what we expected wasn't it was it? end game it was, it was it was a tease but it was it was it was what we expected we like, expected to see something there, to yeah. do with the pager she's going to be there like so they, they had this pager locked up and they were sort of like working it and it was turning off and on and they were trying to get it started and then she just appears now I do not know how Black Widow managed to keep a straight fit obviously because she's you know a suit like the secret spy and stuff like that and she's done all this like interrogations and stuff but as soon as Black Widow turned around and Carol Danvers just popped up there I jumped in my seat. Yeah, you did. And I'm a very jumpy person. Yeah, you are. Oh, my goodness, there she is. And I knew she'd be there. I laughed. Or I knew she'd be, like, somewhat near. I enjoyed you more than I enjoyed the scene. Oh, I hope that just shows how much you enjoyed me jumping. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because it was a brilliant scene. And it is that thing of, she doesn't look like she's aged too much. Obviously, she's got that alien Cree DNA. Well, that's the thing, isn't it? That that, That's easy to explain out. Yeah, exactly. Um, But she does look different. And, yeah, I'm excited to see an endgame. And yep. that is going to be a busy... If that all happens in, like, one day or one, like, meeting, mm. because... I think that, but, see, that, that imagine, scene will be very early on yeah, in endgame. Could you imagine this, this is a scene? She pops up, like, oh, my goodness. And then the doorbell rings, and I'm like, wait a second. And, and then I'm the like, cat turns up. <laughs> I know, I meant... I, I, meant I know, I'm, I know you meant Ant-Man, but still, the cat turns up. And, uh, yeah, the and then the X-Men turn up. No, I think they're... And, <laughs> and, then, and then the Fantastic Four turn up. You know what? And Howard the Duck turns up. there's a how it should have ended. The, the <laughs> tease is just that. Like, it is actually, it's how it should have ended. And they do, he knocks on, then some other people knock on, and it is like, say, it's all the X-Men, it's all these, and they're just all crowded in this one room, like... But I imagine, for the moment, it's just going to be Captain Marvel and Finger. I wonder if they'll come in at the same time and just be like... But it's cool now, because we've got two... Thanos is in a lot of trouble because when, I hope so. When Scott um, Lang came, we're like, oh, here we go. This he's gonna do. He's gonna help the team, and then and now we're seeing Captain Marvel come in. And he's like, oh, they are seriously in trouble because 
we could hint that maybe both do a bit of time travel, but she's got, you know, interdimensional stuff and she's just mm. got some sick powers. They managed to, I think, keep the powers relatively, like, um, not too OP, but not like, yeah, you've just depowered her here. It was a good balance because yeah. in the comics, she can just be like, yeah, she's going to mess everyone up. And that was the fear, just making everyone else look weak. But I think she'll fit in quite perfectly when she integrates yeah. into the Avengers. I, I can't wait. I can't wait. I, it, I just Endgame we're, we're is going to be even closer and closer to Endgame. No. How mad is Mate, that? Midnight launch. Away, midnight launch for the win. And we've got this is the perfect sleepers for we're, losers. We're entering like the perfect time for superhero comic book stuff because we've got Hellboy, we've got Sajam all like coming out in this like small little gap. Then Endgame, and then it's just going to keep keep on rolling. And the next thing you know, it's just going to be like. We've had so much superhero stuff. We're going to have jam-packed shows every week. It's going to be... We are. It's a good job. We've gone two brilliant. hours. I know, yeah. It's perfect time. Do you remember that, those early days when we were like, oh, no. When we had this to cut sections. Or, or I was talking about I when, hated we had doing that. when we had slow news weeks. No. No more. Um, no. No no more up. slow news weeks ever. The, the news pieces have entered the speed force and boom, just like Barry Allen. Now, we want to know your geeky thoughts on Captain Marvel um, hopefully that you've seen it and you've not gone this far and not seen it and we've just spoiled quite a lot of it for you. But we yeah. did give people the chance to <laughs> we skip. We did give it one, yeah. Um, but yeah, we want to know your thoughts. We've got a Facebook discussion group. We've got Twitter. Uh, we've got the YouTube comments below. We'd love to hear your thoughts and we might even share a few um, like in the upcoming shows and stuff like that, especially if you bring up an interesting question or something like that. It could yeah. into messages. Talk to us. Messages from the, from the multiverse, dear. There we go. Forgot my own segment. Talk to us. But yeah, so that's it for the news this week. Well, review, reviews. That's no, a, no, that's not a word, Fraser. Revenues. Uh. Now, this next section of the show is very exciting. We've got Guest Geek. So Mark uh, earlier this week had an interview with. Actually, do you want to talk about this, Mark? We had you had an interview with a comic book writer, and uh, he owns his own publishing uh, company here in the UK, doesn't he? As well? Yeah, that's right. He's a British comic book writer. His name's Neil Gibson. But um, I do I do like a proper interview at the start of the interview. So that just oh, I've never said this, Fraser. Run VT. Oh, well, it's I eight, know eighty. I know. Run just <laughs> run, run it eighty. Welcome back to Geek of the Week. This is our special interview section of the show. And with me at this time is, well, he's the creator of Twisted Dark and the CEO of T-Pub, a uh, British comic book publishing company. All-round lovely chap and fellow geek. With me is Neil Gibson. Hello, Neil. Hello, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm very good, thanks. Good. Well, thank you so much for being on our show. And um, I hope we can... Um, get something that people are interested in listening to. We've got our standard three questions that we ask everybody. So we'll start with those, and then we'll start talking about you, your comics, and indeed T-Pub. First question, uh, it's what we call geek origin. What first got you into comics? Reading them or making them? Reading them for most people, but for you, both of those things, I suppose. Um, okay, well, reading them, I guess... Uh, originally it was the b-note from a young age um reading that and then i really liked spider-man when i when i got into my teens i, I read it uh, about age 14 or something and i loved it but then i got bored of it because all the stories seemed to be about quite similar after a while so i, I felt i grew out of comics um no. and then I, I stopped reading them and then i was in canada and someone gave me a, a watchman to read and i couldn't believe how much i enjoyed it how much it made me think it made me mm. 
no, comics aren't just for kids, even though that's what I thought at the time, which is ironic considering how much I love them. But then I became yeah. obsessed with uh, Vertigo, and I, I never looked back. I've, I've loved comics ever since. Yeah. Um, that's <laughs> reading it, for making it. Because um, even then, I was just a fan. I love reading good comics. It's like TV shows or books. Most TV shows, if you look at daytime stuff, is rubbish. Most books aren't very good at all. Most comics aren't good. But the good stuff is amazing, and I love them. Yeah. But I never wanted to make them. I just wanted to enjoy them. And then I was stuck in a consulting project in the Middle East and um, had some free time in the evening. So rather than just watch TV, I thought I'd, I'd write one. And it turns out people like my stuff. So <laughs> um, then I thought, well, this is a bit of um, a dilemma. But is it just a hobby or should I take a, a, a punt at this? Because if I, if I can actually switch my careers to make comics full time, then every day of my life is a holiday. So I, I think this can... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, and that's something that a lot of people can understand. You, you you have something that you love, but then you start making money out of it. When do you when do you take the plunge? How how did you make that decision? Um, it was <laughs> okay. So this is interesting. Um, all my close friends and family said, "Are you insane? Don't do it." Um, <laughs> all my friends that are uh, you know, a bit further out of the social group were all saying, "That's awesome. Go do it. Follow your dream." <laughs> Um, what what I did was I, I I gave myself two years. I thought it was. I looked at the critical reaction to it, um, and I'll be very honest. If I hadn't had good reviews for my first book, it probably wouldn't even cross my mind. It was right. because I was su surprised and very pleased by the positive reaction to it that I thought this was a possible opportunity, and I, and I made enough money for my previous job so I could. I gave myself two years. If I'm not making significant traction in two years, go back to your old job. Um, right. So I, I hedge my bets because a lot of some people think, like Jim Carrey, that he you you cut everything off so you have no option. Like you burn your your ship so that you have to go forward. I'm not that risk uh, hungry. Um, <laughs> I, I think you should have a backup option in case your dream doesn't work. And if you've got you know, yeah. children to feed or a mortgage to pay, you. you don't throw everything away. You know, manage the downside is my my suggestion. Brilliant, brilliant. Um, I, I realised I added an extra question, but I thought it'd be something that was really interesting. Uh, next um, usual question: It's Mount Rushmore. What four comic book characters would be on your comic book Mount Rushmore? Yeah, now you see, you asked this question. It was really hard. Um, I know, I haven't answered it myself, and I feel like it's a bit mean asking other people, but it's a cool question, right? It is a cool question. I will answer it. Before I do, um, I was once asked, what's my favourite comic book character? What's my favourite superhero? I was asked. And um, I told them the truth, which is, I'm not someone who typically follows characters. I follow writers, because I care most about the story. So you okay, have some, right. some, like Alan Moore's Killing Joke, is a fantastic Batman story. I've read other ones I think are rubbish. So the, it, it's me, it's more the writer rather than the character. Now, that's what I answer the question with. My wife said, no, Neil, next time someone asks you who your favorite superhero is, you say your wife. <laughs> uh, Brilliant. Um, but I do have your, my favorite, what would be on my um, uh, Mount Rushmore. And the first one is uh, Big B from uh, Fables. Right, brilliant. Have you, have you read Fables? I've read the first volume, and then I said I would read more and I never did. But I loved the first volume, and there's no reason why I haven't read more. Oh, if you love the first volume, I think the first volume is just average. Just average. But then it gets really good. 
Well, I played the um, the Telltale game as well, which I loved. Um, my, I, I'm, I, I need my honest suggestion. This is the Fables. One of the few comic series I've read where each volume gets better and better. It's made more money for Vertigo than any other series, more than Sandman, more than anything else. Um, mm-hmm. It it but stop at book eleven because there, there, there are right. twenty five okay. volumes. The twenty-five volumes, but you should stop at book eleven because that's where Bill Willingham meant to end it. And I chatted to him about it, and he—that's where he wanted to end it. But he's making so much money, he just carried on. Um, uh, but each book, from book one to eleven, gets better and better and better. I've never seen that before in a comic or since. We'll discuss it on the show. I'll—I'll um, I'll make sure we we put it on the show at some point, and that will force me to read it. Uh, good. Um, so other than that, so Big B, who's, who's one of the main characters, it's Big Bad Wolf. Um, yeah. I, I, I'd put him. I'd put uh, Yorick from Why the Last Man. Oh, good choice. Um, I'd put, then the next two are going to be ma- more mainstream. Spider-Man, because that's what got me into really loving comics, um, even mm-hmm. though I grew out of, technically, you know, quotation marks grew out of it. Um, and Superman, because when you're a kid, you just love that character just someone who's so powerful something that everyone likes about superheroes that some people are just so much powerful more powerful and better humans than us yeah i, th- I think they're brilliant choices I, li- I like that you've gone for a couple of mainstream or that you've gone for a couple of the more comic more adult comics as well i think that's ace good oh. choice <laughs> that first one well um, this this show was originally a student radio show and um i came on when we relaunched it in manchester and that is the first one since i've been on that we've had as a comic book mount rushmore and what a good start good stuff <laughs> thank you so, the last one is um your dream tv show what would your dream tv show based on a comic book be and feel free to choose the book and who would be in the cast playing the various characters um, well, I'm actually uh, uh, going to skew this slightly, and I'd actually my, my dream TV series would actually be of Twisted Dark, which is my own series. Um, <laughs> yeah, that, 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 that's perfectly legitimate. I feel if it's a dream series, that's what I want. I'm in talks with the producer right now. He's he's got three shows on Netflix. So we'll see what happens. Because, but the reason is, um, yes, it's mine. But I want to do something that's never been done before on TV. It's going to honestly be groundbreaking. In because. If you if you've read Twisted Dark, it's a series of short stories that people compare to Stephen King or Twilight Zone or Black Mirror, and they're all they're all fairly short. Um, and they all see so if you read one story on its own, it should be self-contained, dark with a twist ending. Yeah. But if you read several together or several volumes, you realize actually all these stories connect, and they're not just connected. It's actually part of one giant story, so all building towards one big ending. And all the characters cross over between the stories. Which, yes, um, and, and they affect each other's and kill each other. It was about volume three by the time I spotted that, and I was like, oh, that's him. And um, I felt a bit dumb, <laughs> but I loved it. When I spotted it, I was like, that's amazing. Oh, thank you. Um, <laughs> but what we're gonna do, what's different about it for TV, though, is that you can, be, you can watch it in the recommended order, or you can watch it, uh, you, hit, you hit click a button, it changes it so it's chronological. So you, you watch them chronologically. Or you like a certain character, click, these are all the stories featuring just that one character. Or something like, like Netflix could do that, right? Exactly, yes. And they're trying to push the boundaries. And so this is what, uh, this is Terry made for it. Um, and also, also things like, uh, you're waiting for a train, my train's arriving in 12 minutes, okay, I'll watch an eight-minute story. Click. 
Um, that, yeah, that could be that. That could be something perfect for Netflix because they well, played uh, with that with that most recent Dark Mirror, didn't they? The Bandersnatch, yes. Yes, that's right. Yeah. Mm, that sounds great. Well, that's the plan. So that's my that's my dream answer, anyway. <laughs> yeah, that makes perfect sense. Right, so we're going to talk about what we've got coming up with T-Pub Comics over the next 12 months. And the big one, the one that's coming up very soon, you had a successful Kickstarter to launch a sci-fi series called The Theory. And I believe that the people who've, um, who uh, backed it on Kickstarter are going to be getting their copies soon. Do you have a release date for people who didn't back the Kickstarter? And can you tell us about The Theory? Uh, sure. Um, release date, I'm not entirely sure. It has to go through Diamond Solicitations, but it, we had some slight delays with the printing, but it went to print this morning. So oh, brilliant. So sh- should have the books very soon, and all the Kickstarter people will get their copies. Um, in terms of what it's about, it was, well, it was originally called Twisted Sci-Fi, because so when, when Twisted Dark came out, um, some of the reviewers found it too dark. So I tried to tone it down a little bit in Volume 2, then all the real fans saying, what are you doing? And I realized you can't please everyone all the time with one product. You shouldn't try to, but you can have different products. So I made Twisted Light, which some people, it's their favorite series. Some people prefer the darker stuff. Uh, most prefer the darker stuff. Um, I like Twisted Light as an alternative, but I'm all about the Twisted Dark. <laughs> yeah, most people are. Yeah, I, 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 I find writing darker stuff much easier than, than humor. Humor takes more work. Mm. Um, but also... I. I love science fiction and uh, I like fantasy as well. So I have other things in the pipeline coming. And so Twisted Sci-Fi, or the theory it's called, is kind of like Twisted Dark, only in a science fiction setting. And it's much, the connections are much stronger and much more apparent right from the beginning. Right. Have you, have you read any of it, by the way? I haven't read any of the theory. No, um, I backed the Kickstarter. I'm waiting for my copy to come oh, through. Right. <laughs> well, I'll get that to you very soon. <laughs> so um is it potentially the first of a series like twisted dark the six volumes of that now and um we want more uh, but we'll talk about that later um is it potentially there's going to be lots of volumes of the theory as well uh yes indeed um i know where it's all headed and where, what the ending is and what the theory really means and um, so you're not sure when that will be available to the general public, but can you give us a benchmark, like an idea, so that people can keep an eye out? Well, it, it all depends on sales so and reaction. So I'll be honest, so far the um, the critics' reaction has been the strong – this or, or theatrics has been the strongest reaction I've had to any of my titles so far. So mm-hmm. if people like it, uh, then we'll wrap up production to Volume 2 uh, probably in about three months. We'll start Volume 2. Um, that, that fast. It, 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 yeah, I mean, I, I write very quickly. It's it's it, the bottleneck is just to economics to make sure it all works, and it's it's great that as you keep going, you get more fans every every year, so it's e- it becomes easier to make things. Brilliant, brilliant. Um, so, um, keep your eye on that. Um, it's, 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 is it available to pre-order on your website, if I remember rightly? Uh, yes, it is. Yes, and if you do the the website, also you get a signed copy because I have to do Kickstarters anyway, so <laughs> might as well uh, sign it for people. Fair enough. Let's talk about Twisted Dark. Um, it's already got six volumes, and um, like you've established, it's got a pretty huge fan base. And well, let's be blunt: we want more. When do we get that? Uh, volume seven's out this year. Um, the there's only 
one story that hasn't been started to be illustrated yet. Um, that should be uh, that should start being drawn next week, I think. So you have that volume seven and volume part of volume eight's already been done as well. Um, and how are you going to do it? Is it going to be a Kickstarter? Or is it going to be straight through your website? You'll do that. Well, we've never Kickstarted Twisted Dark, but I think Didn't think yeah. we'll try it because it, no, I think. But I think we will start um, kickstarting it to see what happens with that. Because um, one of the advantages of Kickstarter is not just that you get the money to print the book in advance because that's what the Kickstarter money is for. You also get new fans discovering it because they people who just browse the Kickstarter looking for new comics and they discover the thing, they give it a shot. And these are people who typically love comics and will talk to their friends about it. So Kickstarter is a great tool to build your fan base, I think. Great. Well, so, but were you, by the end of the year, and um, do you have like a an idea in your head how many volumes there are going to be? Yes. Yeah, so originally it was planned to be seven when I first started. Uh, then it grew to 12, then it grew to 18. <laughs> 18 sounds good to me. Um, because I, it is, I have the very last story written. I know where it's all going. Um, but people are saying that maybe that's too big of a series. They don't want to have, it starts me that that's, that's that long. So I might cut it down. But this goes back to the TV show series as well, or, or the Twilight Zone. It, even though I know the main strand where it's all going, there are so many substrands, so many. There's 108 recurring characters, and you can expand on them. And you can have spin-offs, so it can keep going as long as people want stories. I think. Yeah, I, I, I think that's. I, I think that's great. I think most comic books are like that, right? Um. Mm, well, I, I'm not sure I agree with you on this one because. I, I do want to have a main plot line that's finished because I think every story should have a beginning and an end. I don't like series that go on forever and ever and ever. So like the fable that you were talking about previously, right? Yeah, so he, he planned an ending, and it was a beautiful ending. It was a wonderful series. And I understand the economic implications, and if, he's make, if you, you have to make a living, I understand that. Uh, but I, I don't like things that turn into soap operas. So I know it's, it's hugely popular, The Walking Dead, and I, I love the first, I know how many volumes I, I read. But then I found out that he's going to keep writing it as long as it sells. And I thought, I don't really want to keep reading now because I, w I want an ending. Um, like Why the Last Man Did or Lock and Key Did. Uh, those are yeah. great series that I absolutely love. And you don't you don't ruin it. Like like certain TV series, um, like Heroes, the first season of that I thought was phenomenal television. And then each progressive one got worse and worse. And I just, I, I, I'd rather something was done well, done right, and had an ending. Did you feel that the the later series of heroes, where they'd all become like almost godlike characters, and then they had like plot lines for characters that weren't godlike, it just didn't feel right at all with heroes, or was that just me? I, I never got that far. After I, I think I stopped halfway through season three. Oh, there you go. <laughs> but um, no, I, I, I know exactly what you mean. It's it's very difficult to decide between those two. I get you. I guess you've got a little bit more creative control over that because you own the company that publishes your books, but. Do you think that you'll end up going, this is it, and then stick with it? Or do you think you could be tempted? To carry on? Yeah. Well, it has the, f the facility to always carry on, but what I would do is I'd make it very clear that it's no longer the main storyline. So uh, um, uh, I'm trying to think of an, an example of this. Um they did that, didn't they? They did like a few little extra bits that were set in the past, but they, were, they didn't continue their original storyline. Who's There's a couple of old ones, Lock and Key. 
Oh, there was spin-offs for Lock and Key. I didn't know that. Okay. Two, uh, in, two small ones. We're talking like very, very thin books, but they were they were okay. And um, I gobbled them up because they were Lock and Key, but they weren't tempted to carry on the story. They kind of like touched on some old stuff that wasn't wasn't um, part of the main story, but kind of like used the characters that they'd already established. It was quite cool. Yeah, so so that I do because that way Bye-bye. you're not cheating people who are who want to have the whole set. You have the whole set; yeah. that's the story. If you want the expanded universe and other things, you can have that too. But that's not part of the main one. I I, I think it's important to make a dis- distinction because it's it's what I'd like if I was a fan. Yeah, I think that's right. I think you're right. So, right, I was looking on your website when I was researching um, what I was going to talk to you about on this in this interview and. Your website's covered in references about Werther's Originals. What's <laughs> the obsession with Teapop and oh, Werther's Originals? Oh, I hate you. Um, <laughs> okay. Yeah, this is all thanks to a guy called Ian. Um, he runs our Canadian operations. So, right, whenever I do conventions abroad, uh, to try and bring people to your stand, I, I always, at the airport, I buy um, Cadbury's Eclairs. Okay, and, and I have volunteers at, at different you know, places like Vancouver, Seattle, New York, whatever, and and they help sell the books, and uh, and it's great to hang out with them. But they discovered that it's fun to try and hide these the chocolate eclairs in my pockets while I'm talking to people <laughs> or signing books. Right. And uh, Ian thought this was a hilarious thing and tried to do it, but he was rubbish at doing it. I'd always catch him. <laughs> and so he, and uh, I said right that's it not bringing uh, any more eclairs if, if Ian's around so he brought Werther's instead Werther's Originals right and, he, and because he was so bad he became innovative and he started using the fans like people buying the books to help him so like if someone's going to buy a book so here give this to Neil as he goes to sign it so I'm going to sign a book for someone and they give me a Werther's and I'm like oh god damn it and then and then <laughs> We go up to meals at a restaurant, and my food arrives, in, and on the burger is a Werther's original. Um, Brilliant. The guys I'm staying with, I, I, I go, to, go to sleep, and in my pajamas, there's a whole pack of Werther's in there. I, <laughs> I, they started doing it everywhere. It was crazy. And then, last year, I, I couldn't go to New York Comic Con because something ha- happened. So they took a, a blow-up photo of my face and had random people offering my face Werther's. All throughout Amazing. the convention centre. Amazing. No, do not encourage this behaviour at all. Because now it's spilled so over to the UK. Did you even like No, words? no. No! I certainly <laughs> don't now. <laughs> and, and so, like, like, no, seriously, I was at Birmingham Comic Con, and this little four-year-old girl comes up to me and taps me on the leg. So I turn around, look at her, she gives me this beautiful smile. Then from behind her back, she brings out her hand and opens it, and there's a word that's in there. Amazing. Amazing. I, I don't think this is going away, Neil. No, oh, do you know, I, I've got to tell you, one of the worst things that happened was at London MCM. This was embarrassing. Okay, um, I can't be able to tell you. So what happened was these guys, um, their friend bought Volume 1 of Twisted Dark. They liked it so much. They said, like, they, they got their friends to read it. So they came over to buy a copy for themselves. So uh-huh. that was great. As I was about to sign the book that they, they bought, I, he, I saw him taking out a word from his pocket and slowly unwrapping it. So I said... What are you doing there? And I grabbed the book. I was going to sign him, and I smacked the words out of his hand. He looked at me in horror and complete surprise because he didn't know anything about this joke at all. He just—that oh. was his own pack of words. He was just, just like them. 
Oh, whoops. Uh, and at that point, all my, my team of volunteers, they all saw this and they all burst out laughing and none of them came to my rescue because they all knew what was going on. They thought it would be funny to see how this unfolded. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that's um, that's brilliant. I love it. Yeah, I don't, I don't think the weather thing is going away. I, th- I think this is this is your life now, Neil. <laughs> and it's only going to get worse now because you've just put this on a radio show and, you know, I, I might send you some weathers in the post or something as a thank you. <laughs> do, you do, do, do you honestly know, like, um, I, I got some... I got some. I did get some uh, um, fan mail, and they someone had a wrappers of Werther's in there to me, and and, and, I'm, and I don't know how this happened, but somehow, so someone told our we, we have um, uh, someone helping with, the, with my, my my children there because they're babies, nanny. She found out, and she started hiding them around the house. Amazing. I, I go into my fruit bowl to pick up an apple, and there's a Werther's underneath there. Um, <laughs> this is. I mean, and all the time I tell Ian all this, which is a bad mistake, and he just cackles in in in, in Canada, laughing at me. Amazing, amazing. So um, I'm going to ask you about your comic making course now. You've got you've got like um, you, you sell comics on your website, but you also offer a course. Do you want to tell us about that? Yeah, because um, a lot of people at conventions that they say they want to make comics, and that's great, and. I thought that I should, you know, a lot of people don't know how to start and they're scared and they don't take the plunge. Um, It's not that hard, really. If you want to start, you can just start. But whenever you do anything, um, the fastest way to get up to speed is to find a mentor, someone who's done it before, can point you in the right direction, what to avoid, tips and tricks, that sort of stuff. Hmm. Um, So that's what I want to do to help people, you know, make it easier for them to make comics. And I developed all these models, um, I believe there are six things you need to make a, a, a comic. And, uh, in, for example, writing, right? If you just take the writing element, ignore the visuals. Um, if you're watching TV, flicking through a TV channel, the if you ignore the visuals, if the dialogue is boring or stupid, you'll change, right? Yeah, um, that makes sense. If the dialogue is interesting, next level is the plot. Does it interest you? Do you want to find out what happens next? Is it surprising? Um, that will keep you watching the rest of the episode. It, what keeps you coming back week after week is the characters because you actually you, you find the character attractive or you hate them or you, you care for them or you want to s- see what they do next. They just fascinate you. And what gets you hooked long term Why people dress up as uh, the Night's Watch from from uh, Game of Thrones or Stormtroopers rather than any other characters right. is the universe, Avatar. Yeah. People love the universe that's created. Um, and people have their own preferences. Some people just care about characters. They're like, oh, Wolverine's in it? I'm buying it. Or some people go, oh, it's set in, in the outer, outer space. I love that universe. I'm going to get it. Some people just care about um, the plot or genre. Oh, this is action. It's what I want. Um, yeah. or, or dialogue. But even if you have all those four, it's like having the best joke in the world. You, can, you, know, you have to know how to tell it. Some people can't tell the joke. And that's the storytelling element. So for writing, there are five elements. Right? And I go into detail explaining in the course how to make each element as strong as you can be. And I do the same thing for for. for art and for coloring and for lettering and also for, for editing um, and the reason I, I came up with these models is because when I first started working in comics and I had to give feedback to other um, artists colorists and later to other writers I had to explain what was what problems I saw with their work and rather than just saying I don't like it that's that's terrible feedback 
Feedback's a gift. Yeah. It has to be constructive. It has to help you. So I have to explain why I don't like it, what's the exact area, and hopefully they can fix it. And if not, then I offer suggestions to fix it. Mm-hmm. And the reason I make this course, people who've taken it so far have really liked it, but I get a, a double benefit from it is because those who complete the course, I then, I, I want them to pitch to me. So I can, so right now I've got four different comics in production from other writers um, that we're publishing under TPUB that I edit and produce for right. them. But they, they're the writers, they're the creators, not, not me. And I love comics. I know how to make them. And some people like my writing, which is nice. But I think my biggest um, strength is my editing, my producing abilities. So I can right. take people's stories and I can tell them how to make it better. The brilliance is all them. I'm just pointing out errors that I see. And the beauty is they have to agree with it. If they don't agree with changes, then um, they shouldn't make any changes. But there's always a way. I, I, I'm very honest. I point out what problems I, I see and why. And then they, mm. they solve it. And they all think their product is stronger because of it. And then I get to read great content and publish stuff from other creators who I think are going to be stars in the future. Amazing. So how can people sign up to this? Um, well, we're, it's, we're just relaunching because we had a film, com- film crew come in to refilm the webinars. But um, if anyone sends an, an email to neil at tpub.co.uk or info at tpub.co.uk, we can sort you out. Or, or it'll be on our website in a matter of days that- Right, brilliant stuff. Um, so, yeah, if people are interested in comics, it looks like you're the guy to go to, really. Well, and also, the beauty is the first thing is free. It's, it's an hour and a half long, and you can and I give you all the um, the uh, tools I think you need to get started. You don't need to, to buy anything. Um, and what I will stress for this, and this is for anyone in general, is research that like tips on writing, whatever, but ignore what you don't agree with because it's your product. And... Any guidance, any teaching is just to help you get better. And if you disagree with it, great. Don't use it. No, that makes perfect sense. So I, I think that's great, great advice. So you've talked a lot about conventions so far. Where can we see you this year? Which Comic-Cons are you going to in Britain? Uh, I'll be at Birmingham, MCM next. Uh, I do all the MCMs. Um, right. I think, I think about Lakes. I'll probably be at uh, Thought Bubble. Um, I'm doing less, fewer than I used to do uh, because I've got a second kid now and my wife hates me traveling. Um, right. But I'll, I'll try to be as many as I, as I can go to. I, I, do, I do like uh, going to Comic-Cons. It's fun you know, interacting with people. How about yourself? Which ones are you going to? Uh, well, it'll be Manchester for us because we're based in Manchester. Unfortunately, uh, my work means that I work a lot of weekends and... Um, I don't mind it most of the time. It does sometimes mean I miss out on cool stuff like Comic-Cons, but it will be Manchester for us for sure. Will you be there? I will be there for sure, yes. Oh, come and say hello. (laughs) Will do. So the um, the last thing, basically, is is there anything that I haven't asked you that you'd like me to ask you? That's kind of always my last question, really. Um, uh, Well, um... If I haven't, I always ask, what's your favourite cheese? So favourite cheese? Yeah. Uh, mild goat's cheese or mild brie? Brilliant. Good choices. You have to have that with a glass of red wine. has to happen. That sounds good. That does sound good. Right, well, well thank you so much, Neil. It's been a pleasure to talk to you. Well, thanks, and um, I'm, I'm looking forward to the theory because that's headed my way very shortly. And anybody who's interested can go via your website. Do you want to just uh, quickly plug your website and how to contact you and stuff like that? 
Oh, sure. It's uh, tpubcomics.com. That's tpubcomics.com. And there's lots of free comics you can read there uh, online. Um, and you can always contact us via the website or contact me directly. It's neil, N-E-I-L, at tpubtpub.co.uk. Brilliant. Thanks again, Neil. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thanks for having me. All the best. Welcome back to Geek of the Week. Just want to say thank you to uh, Neil Gibson for being there for the interview and thanks to Mark as well for conducting the interviews. I had a lovely time. I'm, I'm a massive fan of his work, so it was, it was a bit of a mark-out moment for me, to be honest <laughs> with you. It's nice. And if anyone else wants to be featured on the Guest Geek, or we'll be reaching out for some more like that because I think it was a nice... Um, it was nice to hear another voice on here. Nice new <laughs> segment as well. Get yeah, a guest in. for sure. Do it Does it live, live every, every week? week? Live every week. <laughs> <laughs> so, Polar Pass is the section of the show where we take a look at free comic books, typically free, sometimes more, but we usually stick with the free because it's, it's, it's a lot to read. Um, and we take a look at them. Usually they've come out this week or they might come out a week before. A second issue might be coming out at some point. Um, and what, oh, we do try and read the... You usually try and read the something that's been out this week, but sometimes we have to push them back because we can't get the copy and, from and the shop or, or whatever. Or there's just like so much out this week or there's yeah, like a yeah. quiet week where we have to go, okay, nothing's really out this week, so we'll have a look back. But it's one of them as well. We sort of, um, it's like going into a comic book store and picking some stuff for that. Like we've done in the past where we've just, I've just gone into a random in. comic book store and gone, oh, that's a one. Yeah. How's that? And there has been more to that series and we say whether we want to carry it on. So the pull or pass part of it is when we pick up these books, um, we read them and we either pull them or pass them and if you're like what does this word pull mean and usually my introduction to pull or pass is much more smooth i apologize no no you got this but we're back on track (laughs) when you pick up let's say you pick up we've just been playing uh sin city on the radio show let's say you pick up a sin city comic it could be a one you pop it down on the desk i wish there were still sin city comics (laughs) could be a sin city 22 or whatever Uh. and let's Let's say we live in a world where there's a continuous Sin City series. We need more Sin City. Uh, whenever a Sin City comic book comes out, um, oh, the clerk will ask, do you want to add this to your pool? You say, yep. Um, whenever a Sin City comic comes out, they'll put it behind the desk for you. You can come in and be like, hey, what's on my pool? I'm like, oh, I've got all these comics coming out. Or they'll be like, oh, nothing this week, but uh, why not check out one of these things and add these to your pool? You can also, if you know something's coming out in the future, you can add it to your pool. We've started doing this because we've been mm-hmm. burnt too many times. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, so basically we'll look at the free comments. We say, well, we want to add them to our pool or pass on them. And this week we had a look at, like we say, free comics. Mm-hmm. And the first comic we are going to talk about is by DC because this is Red Hood semicolon outlaw or it might be uh, it's red hood and the outlaws red hood and the outlaws yeah i've got it down as semicolon but it's red hood and the outlaws uh this was issue 32 so this is actually like deep into is it issue have i got this wrong it is issue 32 yay okay sorry i'm having a very flustered moment with portal pass calm yourself we're back on track get on with it um if you're a bit worried, you're like, oh my goodness, issue 32, but what about those other 31 issues? This is, they're starting a new story, they're doing like a part one, so this is another way of getting into comics sometimes, it's just starting off with a kickstart story. And I think this book, you can agree or disagree with me, Mark, sort of um, 
helps with that. It doesn't say... It, you're not thrusted into a story and it does sort of like have some explanations and it sort of explains where this story is going to go and sort of goes, okay, this is Jason at this moment, what you need to, what yeah. you need to know and what is going to happen it, in the future. It does feel like a we are explicitly putting a new start point, like, almost like a new season for a TV show. It definitely Good is a, point, this yeah. is a new starting point for this comic book, yes. And it was, a, it, was, it was a good one to put on Pull or Pass for that reason, to see whether or not, not a reboot, but a restart, a, a, a starting point yeah. is a good place for you to go in and have a look. And I think it, I'd, um, I would totally, like I haven't read this new uh, Red Hood and the Outlaws f- since Rebirth. I've read a bit of Red Hood um, in the past and it's always been something like, he's not my favourite Robin, it's always going to be Dick Grayson and I'm always going to pick a Nightwing story. But I do like that the Robins sort of have grown out of Batman, or grown out of that Robin mantle and have picked something up. Red Hood's story is really cool as well, like the whole like um, death of the family, or yeah, death of the, fa- of the family, like when he dies and then when he comes back um, in Under the Hood. That was a cool. It's a cool. Um, if you've seen the animation, it's cool. It's a really cool story, and it's that whole thing of like Jason's always hurt because you know Batman won't kill, and he's like, I understand so and so, understand so and so, but the Joker killed me. Why not? And reading the comic book is especially heartbreaking because he gets betrayed by his mother and stuff like that, and then the Joker gets him and his mother killed, and you're like, oh. And then he comes back and he's just being mean to Bruce. And you're like, no, you don't understand, Jason. But, but here's the thing about this. I um, I know who Jason Todd is and I know that he's the guy, that, that the Robin that died. Yeah, yeah. But I've not read it, so sorry. Yeah, this, so, this, so this comic this? book... I was going to say, how was this for you without all that? It pretense? looked really interesting and I like the concept of a kind of like former superhero now running some kind of dodgy business and yeah, it worked really yeah. really well but I'm with his outlaws as well like, yeah sort of supporting him. And, and I thought the depiction of Batman in an impossible situation was done exceptionally well oh, when he busts through I'm like oh this yeah. is cool <laughs> the problem for this problem for me with this book is as cool as it is the character has so much baggage that I haven't read yeah. that it's made me want to pull Jason's backstory more than the book the itself stuff. because yeah. I'm interested in the concept but I don't want to read it until I know Jason's backstory. There needs to be a term for that because because that's to, happened a couple of because, times with me yeah, now as and well, I have particularly in, DC. I've done it in the past where I've gone, oh, this comic looks cool and then realise, oh, I'll go, it's like a repull so you go back in um, the, a, a push. A, <laughs> a, a kind of a... a a, a retro pull, perhaps. Yeah, and you sort of go back and you can either do it in trade form or you can do it in the single issues if the comic book store has it, which is why with these, it's hard with 32 because it's 31 issues that, you know, a comic book store... But it's it's not those 31 issues I'm interested in. I'm interested in the, 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 whole, the older backstory yeah, yeah. of Jason Dodd, how he got to this point. Yeah, yeah. So, like, it can be hard sometimes to go back or sometimes it is just a matter of reading a few trades so you know the general idea general idea so it's the, i mean it's, it's difficult pull or pass sometimes suggests good or bad but that's yeah. not but the case never, with this this is way, yeah. this is a pass for the time being for me but i'd once i've it caught up with yeah. jason todd it will be a book that i'm very much interested in in trade form oh that's for sure and i think that's a, it's also a compliment to it it's like i don't know anything about jason todd but this has made me interested in it i love the concept if i did know i love you the know concept. what i really enjoyed the image of gotham it's like it's the way this starts off and it has you know the jason narration and stuff like that but he's above it all and all the bright lights and stuff like that and 
it, just his description of how he feels about Gotham because Gotham's always with these Bat characters and especially Batman. Gotham's like part of the identity of the character. Yeah, which I always find is is a, is it's great. I mean, each hero, it's important where they're from. And I think this book highlighted that it's important that Jason Todd is from Gotham because it's a place that can it ha- it affects people in many different ways. Like you see, all the Bat characters, the villains and the heroes. Batman, a lot of his villains, are and his Robins, are people who are in very similar situations to him, but have reacted to it differently. Like Penguins, the money side, yeah. But he turned evil. Penguin pops up in this, which is why I mention it. And Jason's that thing of like. He's had the similar stuff with Batman, you know, he's he's had no family and stuff like that, and he's had all this heinous stuff happen to him, but he wants to take revenge where Batman doesn't. And the outlaws are pretty funny as well. Like, I, I do like those uh, sort of characters, and they, it makes it more a bit more realistic that he's able to do this new adventure and be a hero at the same time. So I'm going to pull. Um, I'm going to pull on this. Uh, do love Robins. And the next one we're going to talk about is Meet the Scrolls by Marvel. Now, the first issue was out last week. The second issue is out next week. So this is a nice sort of, like, middle ground. Sort a of sandwich. Like, exactly. To sit, be like, oh. We've sandwiched it in the middle. <laughs> so what were your thoughts of Meet the Scrolls by Marvel? I thought it was a very clever concept, and I thought the artwork was great. And I, I really like the idea of family-based... family-based superhero stories. Yes. But... But... I'm a big fan of the recent run of The Vision. And The Vision family, I felt, was done a bit bit better. A bit better, yeah. I I think if I hadn't read The Vision, I would have probably pulled this. (laughs) But because I've read The Vision and I know it can be done better, it's not that this was bad, but... I know it can be done. It's that it's that so well been raised. So yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's it is a pass. But it's still pr- a good book. It, it is still a good book, and, and I, I, I do think I'd have. I, I do think at some point I'll pick up the trade. Yeah. Because I didn't dislike it, but I just I felt it had been done too recently and slightly better than this. I do like the fact that we, um, you know, Captain Marvel's come out this week. We talked about the scrolls being seen in a different light. Yeah, like, yeah. It was a nice little fit in. It does fit well with in. that. And I, you know what? I've written, I've actually made notes, which I'm very proud of myself. And I, the first thing I wrote was Vision, like because it is that yep. thing. It's and it's not only we say like family superheroes, but it's like it's outsiders, non-humans, because obviously we've got the schools yeah. this time. We had the robots um, with Vision and that family dynamic. And I do what I like about this is that one of our school characters is been raised on Earth, so he's becoming more human, yep. and that is her downfall. And the way that info, like the way that others are infiltrating in is hilarious. It's that you know the stereotypical movie is like, oh yeah, I got the job, um, I got a job here, and you know I'm it, working my way with the boss. One of the teenage schools is yeah. like getting in with the popular kids, and, and it feels that it feels like when they have those brief periods where the dad's at work and Iron Man turns up. It's it's like a cut scene in a TV show. It's it, it's yeah. done really well. They're just, but scroll, not well enough. <laughs> they're just scrolls in a human world. Yeah. yeah. There is a nice little cameo from Tony Stark. Just like, oh, yeah, yeah, the boss came into work and it's him crashing in with the Iron Man scene. Yeah. I do like, yeah, I like the family vibes as well. And also, but it's like them on a mission. And yeah. It was very, very, very close to a pull for me. It's about as close to a pull as it can be with it being a pass. 
So it, it was a great comic, and I will probably catch up with it in trade form at some point. Uh, yeah, I did. I liked as well the way she turned because um, it's it's the way they introduce. Because at first, obviously, with the scrolls to shapeshifters, so you're not entirely sure when they're in human form who is the scroll and stuff like that. But the way the first one is like they're at this. Um, they're on this field trip and, you know, there are all these caterpillars and bugs and butterflies and she turns into one of them to fly away. I was like, oh, nice touch. And then mm. we see we follow the butterfly into the family home. I was like, oh, nice. And then she goes, not at the dinner table. And you think it's them talking about the phones and then they all turn into schools. I was like, That's I like that. Nice. So yeah, I was I like, like oh, okay. And I, yeah, I just did. I do dig the family vibes there. So yeah. I'm, and I'm the writer, Robbie Thompson, has done a lot of stuff. He's done a lot of... Um, other spidey titles like he did Silk and stuff like that and I always mm. enjoyed them and he's been doing the latest run well the biggest run of Spider-Man uh, Deadpool he's been on it since the beginning and that stuff is funny so I'm looking like the I'm waiting to see some humour in there as well there was some in this and I think it'd be been so, an interesting story. And so, it, are you pulling this? Yeah. Oh, great! I'll borrow yours. I get it, Paul. Yes, yeah, so you, <laughs> you can borrow mine. And I think in my head, it is one of them. It's like I get one hundred percent what you're saying about like the visions and stuff like that. It's it is again. It's sort of that similar story, but I'm looking forward to seeing it told with different characters and how the slight differences with the schools because they mm. they're worried about getting caught and obviously there's someone you know catching the schools and stuff like that at the moment and going on the hunt from so i'm looking forward to that sort of aspect of it and hoping hoping that it is a bit different than the visions tale um which i imagine it it will be fingers crossed because yeah. you don't want to read the same story twice do you no. be like wait what's this all about and the last book we're going to talk about is we wanted it on last week but unfortunately there was a bit of a um, distribution error like it got put away and I don't even think it came out until the Saturday show um, so we managed to pick it up this week it was Astro Hustle by Dark Horse what were your thoughts on Astro Hustle? This was one of the ones when we did our review of the year at the end yeah. of 2018 that I said I was most looking forward to because it just seems so fun I just I like the idea of a a limited series that's kind of very tongue-in-cheek take on yeah. 70s sci-fi. And the, what, what I really liked, and I don't know how they did it, they made it feel like the comic book of a film. Uh, the comic book adaption yeah. of a film. Obviously, there isn't a film, but yeah, it, yeah. Felt like, it felt like it was written in a way that was a comic book adap- adaptation of the film. But because it's actually not an adaptation of the film, it's not naff because yeah, they normally yeah. are naff. We, I mean, we 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 what we put that that Avengers one we we read a few oh was it a few pre- months yeah, back probably a prelude, yeah. awful oh no not a fan of whereas <laughs> and 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 most com- most comic book adaptations of a film are naff, whereas this kind of almost cle- it cleverly made it feel like that, but wasn't naff. Yeah, and it's it's really caught the campy '70s sci-fi vibe that I was yeah. hoping it was gonna have. I think it's that thing of being influenced by those films. Yeah, so it is almost like we've m- amalgamed all these films together and then done an advert to comic book yeah. adaptation of that. I did like the art style because the art style, yeah. the art style felt like something from a comic from the '70s. It felt really apt. It, didn't it? it felt clicked, right. As soon as I clicked on it, um, as soon as I flicked through it, I was like. Yeah. I was like, yes. I was like, I, we saw the images of it, and I was like, oh my goodness, this is. And you got into the vibes, and it's just like, because there are things that are set in like eighties, nineties, or something, and they'll still have the modern art style because it's like, you know, you're reading a comic yeah. book in this time, but 
but it's set here. But they were like, no, we're going all in on this. We're going to even make it feel like you've picked this up from the 70s. It's almost like you found it, you know, in a time capsule or something. It felt like an artistic project rather than just another comic book to yeah, me. It yeah. felt like they'd... We want to keep it short. We want to do this. We want to homage the the gleeful campiness of seventies sci-fi stuff, and we just want to do a short run, and it's going to be great fun. And they did that's, it. The, that's the main thing as well. They the, did it main, brilliantly. the main character, the the Astro Hustle, like the you know the disco um, lead. We don't see him till the end. Mm. So this was. Again, like you say, it was more emphasising the art style. And, and like we were say, a quarter the art, way through the story. The art project. Like, yeah, because it's only a four-issue thing, and it was, this was highlighting the art project. And then we meet this character who's going to lead us through. So it's one of them, again, like we always say with some comics. It gets you in, especially with the comics you um, tend to read. Yeah. It gets you in with the art, and then you get the story. Yeah, Which I always, think is, I always think is nice. We always talk about, whenever we talk about Image, obviously this is a dark horse book, so it's nice to see that from another company. It's like, you get an by the oh. Dark Horse have been red hot recently to be yeah, fair yeah yeah we've been um, checking out a lot of their stuff out on mm. Pull Up Pass because it was one of them where you you know when you go through the book you're like oh we've we've done that oh we've done that oh we've done that oh that's coming up soon and yeah no I really dug that yeah 70s vibe and I'm looking forward it is going to be a pull for me it is going to be a pull for me too now that we've got that disco astro hustle I'm looking forward to just getting even more 70s and even more let's say disco I think Disco Steel would pull this from it. Yeah. <laughs> so it's a double pull. That's quite rare. I know, yeah. That is quite rare. Go oh, Astro mainly, Hustle. Mainly I'm, because most I'm of looking the time forward to more. <laughs> <laughs> so we want to know your thoughts on these books and more. Um, what came out this week? What did you pull? What did you pick up and pass on? What did you see straight away? And I was like, nah, I'm passing on that. I'm never reading that book. And yeah, if you have read these books, like we say, is it a pull? Is it a pass for you? We've got polls on Twitter, Facebook, but you can also share your thoughts on YouTube uh, on the comment section below, but also share your thoughts on our Facebook and our Twitter about books you did pick up. We're always interested to hear what you fellow geeks are thinking as well. I just want to shout out as well, last week, Morning in America, that poll was fire. Yeah. Uh, a shout out to the, um, we got um, a retweet from the creators and stuff like that, and hearing the feedback for that was that was a very yeah, nice was thing. I was like, "Oh, people, t- nice. people agreed with this as well because it I was know, a great yeah, book. It, it was a, it was a pull. Like, mm. I think it's like ninety-five percent, and I was like, "Yeah, yeah," totally. which made us, I think, feel more justified. It's like, "Oh, we are, we are saying it right," because it's hard sometimes with those polls, uh, on those polls, because you're like, "Oh, wait, was I way wrong with this?" Or yeah. oh, no one seems to like this, and it's just nice. It's nice sometimes. It's trade off. This one he does do live every week. <laughs> yeah. Maybe I shouldn't do this online. No, I like and it. And I always divver as well and do something different with it. <laughs> or just talk. Or just keep going, yeah. yeah just yeah. talk over it while it's happening. Yeah, this is Trade Off. This is a section of the show where Mark and I basically trade off. And what we mean by that is we give each other trades. Now, Mark and I have very different tastes when it comes we to do. comics. Or at least we used to. We're doing this show for 22 issues. Oh, oh, our tastes are sort of melding into one. Except when you give me Power Rangers. Yeah, apart from, which is why I like to sometimes keep Mark on his toes by giving something I know I love. <laughs> and I know Mark probably won't. <laughs> Let's keep each other on our toes. Of course we do. But this month we're doing, uh, with it being International Women's Month, we're doing more books about with like strong female either characters or writers or sometimes both as well. 
And this week it was uh, my turn to give Mark a book. And I gave Mark Supergirl from the Batman and Superman uh, period. This was pre-New 52. So, Mark, what did you think of Supergirl? I thought it was... From the very start, it was clear that this was a clever, well-thought-out comic book. The fact that that it was telling a story with the dual perspectives of Batman and Superman, or detective story and love story. Exactly. It was... It was very well done, and, I, and, and <laughs> I did feel it was a little bit like you and me. You're more like <laughs> yeah. Superman, and I'm more yeah, like, like Batman. Batman. Which is why, when I was like, when I gave this, to him, I was like, "Oh, Mark's going to enjoy this because he's going to see this is our radio show." It <laughs> is, and, 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 and Batman was right. But that also, Batman was totally right. He wasn't. Yeah, he was. He no, was he totally wasn't. right. He got proved wrong at yeah, but the so, end. But so did Superman. They but, okay. that, that was the point. Maybe they both got proved that, wrong. Maybe that's what we need. We need a third. We need a Wonder Woman in we, here. We just, do need a Wonder just Woman. Tell us both. That we're wrong because <laughs> we because they both have our things, but that's a thing. You're right. Batman did get proved wrong, but I kind of like kind of like brushed that Everyone underneath knows. the carpet and 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 focused on Superman being wrong. And um, you know what? I feel like you do that a lot on this show. As well. <laughs> you <Whenever>. too. <laughs> <laughs> this just proves because Superman and Batman, like you say, they, they kept go- the duality and they kept going back and forth, and obviously they're opposing on this, but they're still good friends and they still work yeah, well as a team, exactly like we do. Yeah, it's, super- it was super clever and it did make me smile. And and it didn't you know. affect it didn't affect the origin story of Supergirl. In fact, it ha- enhanced it because it I was that so. thing of it create this mystery of this character. It's like, oh, who's going to be right about a Batman or Superman? And it, yeah, it was really nice, and I did like Wonder Woman intervening and sort of being like, "No, boys, step aside, get away, like, boys. You're getting this wrong." But, but that—that's the thing, isn't it? This, this is a, this is a feminist book, and yeah. the the fact that the the narration was two men, Batman and Superman, is a direct reflection on on feminist theory of men controlling women exactly, and yeah. and everyone knows best except the woman themselves. Yeah, and that, that was the thing as well. I thought kept... that was a yeah. wonderful message that we love Superman, we love Batman, but they should have been Listen letting Supergirl. Supergirl make her own decisions with their advice rather than pouncing on her like... Like well, like men kind of do, do a lot really. in a lot of ways, and it was one of them as well because she's the younger character as well. It's that whole thing of like <laughs> Batman and Superman were almost like parents as well. If you want to take it in another direction, like, yeah, on their on their kid, and it was just like you needed the cool and of Wonder Woman to be like, right, guys, step <sighs> aside. I don't, I don't think Imagine anyone would Wonder cope Woman well. And if, I was going to say I don't think anyone would cope well if Batman and Superman, Superman were their done. gay dads. <laughs> that would be that would be a I crazy s- family. <laughs> There is a Super Sons run that has, you know, their two kids together and they sort of, like, become friends. So they're sort of those, you know, those dads that are mates and sort of just be like, oh, the kids are playing together again. But obviously they are mates and that. But, yeah, no, I totally agree with that, like, that whole, um, yeah, men just trying to control women and both being wrong and just being like, she needs to make her own decision. And that's that's a thing that it, it resonates with females and with, like, young um, people growing up as well. It's just like yeah. sometimes you just need that independence. And it yeah. was that independence that helped it do you know what I mean and the whole thing with Batman was obviously he kept talking about the thing with Jason Todd and this came out very recently after Jason Todd passed away and he was always worried about and that was his issue really that was his you know as a father figure he was like I just keep seeing Jason Todd whenever I see you with her and I don't want that to happen to you and he was they had their best intentions but it just didn't work And and that's the thing isn't it a lot of the time when people behave like this and kind of like 
they don't even deliberately oppress women. They, they really feel that they're doing what's best for them. Yeah. But the, not taking the opinion of the actual person that you're doing this to, it's, it's, it's not necessarily deliberate, but it's arguably abusive. Yeah, exactly. Like, you might not be meaning to, but that... And it like the person might feel like that way as well, and like that was the big, the big thing for Supergirl in this was just like because she's coming, uh, she's coming from Krypton, and she's trying to find her way around Earth, and that's the only reason you would probably take, you know, their opinions is because like yeah, no, I'm, I'm out of my comfort zone here. I'm not like I'm new here. But again, you, you should come to people for help exactly. rather than them, them force it, it on, on you. And like I say, this is this is clearly a feminist book, and it's done really, really well and really, really cleverly. Yeah, I, th- I feel. Uh, th- which brings me to my next point, which is a negative on the book, and I, it does hurt me a little bit to say this. The artwork is amazing. The artwork yeah. is gorgeous. It's beautiful as well because it's that innocence of Supergirl, the bright colours. But you do have a very but the good point problem on it. is the, eight, the 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 artwork is great, but it's a bit. Bit TNA. It's got yeah. big women with big boobs. It's got women with outfits that go right up their bum, so you can see off their bum cheek, and it feels incongruous with the yeah, story with that they're, they're telling, telling. That they've got these overly exaggerated Barbie type women that are telling a feminist story, and there's a little. And it does feel like it feels the artwork's like the art, a little titillating. It feels like the artist and the writer weren't fully communicating with what the story was going to be. I mean, give give it give it a bit of a bit of slack. It's about twelve or fifteen well, years it, yeah, old, and that was the am, art style set, of the time. I want to highlight when we were talking about this is it is it's definitely of its time because it's from the two thousand sort of era. So it's like, but it, I find you know, it frustrating. That's what you would get. That's what you were getting at that time. And it is. It's one of them. It's a groundbreaking story. It's just. It's a shame that the art doesn't you know fit that because it would have been a nice little. It would have made it even more timeless. Yeah, like, I think the story so. is timeless, but sometimes the artwork. It's like you say. It just pulls you away from. A bit and yeah. it detracts from the story yeah. and almost undermines it yeah not desperately it's it's not vampirella level no, of exploitation no, no. It's not, but yeah, it's it's, not awful, it's clearly it's not too much busty yeah. busty women with tight leotards that don't leave much to the imagination it's and uh, uh, that grated with me Maybe I'm just being a little oversensitive, but I just felt it undermined the story a little. Depends, but yeah, yeah. But you, d- but enjoyed overall. Yeah, very much Not so. A Power Rangers versus Justice. No, 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 very much so. I um, I liked the exploration of the role reversal that she was supposed to be older than him, but yeah. because wibbly wobbly timey wimey, he be- he ended up being a father figure to her, even though she was that's, his older yeah, cousin. That was interesting. That's always great with the Superman and Supergirl dynamic. It's it is. It's great. They do it a lot. Um, they've done it with the TV show, of and, course, um, and stuff. It's. This is just me being the savage cynic that I am. Oh no! I felt like the story could have benefited from her actually dying at the end. Oh, oh yeah, because they did the whole. That, that would whole have been. Superhero, it's that superhero image yeah. of you know them in the arms, like no. It would have been. You can't die on your origin story, though. Well, can you? yeah, but that's the whole point, isn't it? No one would expect someone <laughs> to die true, on their yeah. origin story. It would have been huge. It would have been a huge impact. That I understand why it didn't happen. Yeah, it's a franchise was... that they were launching, but still, I almost wish I'd stopped reading after the what, death of Supergirl. Like, yeah, <laughs> but no, overall, it was it was a 
excellent quality comic book that I genuinely enjoyed. And as I've talked about with even even earlier today on the the um, the Red Hood thing, I've struggled to get into comic books from DC that are earlier that have lots and lots of previous backstory yeah. whereas this one I didn't feel it like that ni- at all yeah it was nice to have it you I'm just not- needed to know uh, who Superman was you just need to know who Batman was I didn't feel like it was too and of course you know yeah because it was their series it was a Batman and Superman series like World's mm. Finest Teen Up and then that's how they were introducing them in so that might be a good thing to do for trailers no, sort of introducing to more DC characters no I really enjoyed it thank I you might, Fraser I might get um, I might put Under the Hood in there then we were talking about Jason Todd before and we talked about it in this trade yeah uh, in this trade off um, but yeah, we want to know your thoughts. Have you checked out Supergirl? Uh, have you checked out this trade? Let us know what you think. Um, do you agree with us? Are you like, no, you're both wrong? I, just, I mean, I don't think anyone's that aggressive with it. But yeah, we want to know. Be. We want to know. We probably won't reply if you are. <laughs> yeah, it'll be on the YouTube comments below, Facebook, Twitter. Just let us know. And interestingly enough, speaking of trade-offs and the way we sort of do, we raised a message to, uh, from the multiverse that was based off trade-offs and it was our question is for this one it'll be coming up in a couple of shows is what trade would you lend to someone that you wanted to get them into comics with and we've yeah. had a few replies so far we're going to pick up some more we want and more. that'll be let us know what trade. trade you would give to someone who's not into comics to try and get them into comics because we want to ch- chat about that on the air I think yeah. that'd be a really interesting or if segment. you want to get them into a certain like if I like I want to sort of get you more into DC what co- which characters should I get you yeah, so then yeah expand it as much as you like exactly but that's uh, that's a show guys it's been a jam-packed one we've had interviews we've had uh, Captain Marvel reviews we've had everything trade-off pull or pass we hope you've enjoyed it I know I think we have we have well we've we had oh well if you've said it then yeah we've had a fab time thank you for listening and we'll see you next week great scots it's been almost an hour what the devil are they doing rest assured that I was on the internet within minutes registering my disgust throughout the world thanks for listening to Geek of the Week be sure to tune in next week same geek time same geek channel and if you want to follow us on social media it's at GOTW Radio on Twitter search for Geek of the Week Radio Show on Facebook and to listen again it's www.mixcloud.com forward slash Geek of the Week Radio Show